You're listening to the Live United podcast from the nonprofit Tulsa Area United Way. I'm your host, Matt Gleason, and today I am with uh, a woman who I call Simon, and she calls me Simon. And it's a reference to an uh, obscure 80s TV show, but Lisa Turner, Simon, is here with us. Lisa, welcome to the Live United podcast. Our Simon & Simon a partnership began when we both worked for Mental Health Association Oklahoma. Lisa served as the development director for many years there. Her heart is in service and she is in every aspect of her life, she's in service. And so when this beautiful opportunity came up to serve as the executive director of the Ark of Oklahoma, she leapt at it. I was sad when she told me, but we all were just so excited. And so Lisa, please tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and why you chose to come to the Ark. Sure. So it was wonderful getting to know you and working with you at Mental Health Association Oklahoma. And we had a wonderful time together and connected with a lot of wonderful partners in the community. While I was there, uh, as you recall, we initially were Mental Health Association in Tulsa. And then our Simon and Simon relationship grew when we were doing some research trying to find uh, some of our founders of the organization in preparation for becoming Mental Health Association Oklahoma. And so that's kind of the similar thing that has happened here. Many of your listeners might know us as TARC or T-A-R-C, which stood for Tulsa Advocates for the Rights of Citizens with Developmental Disabilities. So one of the similarities from my time at Mental Health Association and here with the new organization now known as the Arc of Oklahoma is that we transitioned from becoming an organization that was primarily based in Tulsa to expanding to serve other populations across the state of Oklahoma. This year will actually be our 70th anniversary of serving Tulsans, and we've been a partner agency for many, many years. So we appreciate the support that Tulsa Area United Way gives to us and especially to those volunteers that participate in Day of Caring each year. A little bit about myself. So I, my claim to fame, should you say, is I am a proud mother of two amazing daughters. My first daughter was born nine weeks premature and has several intellectual and developmental disabilities. And then I have a second daughter who is 17 and is a junior in high school. And she's the best little sister and advocate for her older sister. But when this opportunity came open, I, I, I wasn't even aware that it was an opening, that the long-term former executive director, John Guida, was retiring after 30 years leaving this organization. When someone reached out to me about it, I, it was a position that I couldn't turn down. As much as I love Mental Health Association and their mission, and it will always be near and dear to my heart, having the opportunity to serve an organization that makes lifelong progress and advancements for people like my family. Whenever my daughter was a lot younger and we actually were a client of this organization and needed some support in working with the school on an individualized education plan for our daughter. And so we reached out and and worked with Sherilyn Walton, who leads our family support and IEP advocacy efforts. And she made all the difference in the services she was able to receive and the education that she was able to receive in the public school system. So started as a client of the organization and then now here I am as a CEO. And you know, I'm just passionate about ensuring that people with disabilities and their family members can live an inclusive and full and fulfilling life in and live their best life. It's beautiful. 
And I'm so glad you're here. And we're actually here at the Ark of Oklahoma's office, and we're sitting in a very special room because although it's echoey, we apologize, was transformed on our day of caring, our recent day of caring, which was just this past weekend, by some amazing volunteers from Public Service Company of Oklahoma. And so Lisa, tell us where we are and what this room was and what it is now. Set the scene here. Sure. So this room was and and really wasn't used for much. It used to be a lending library and so people could check out books um, about intellectual and developmental disabilities years and years ago. It hasn't been serving as that. It really kind of, you know, was a storage room with a lot of old books in here. And so we received funding to revamp this space into an autism-friendly area. About 70% of the clients that we serve have autism, and those are young children all the way up through adulthood. And so this room focuses on providing a calming and peaceful and engaging environment where our clients, whether they're the children or their family members who are coming here for assistance, can come in and enjoy their time here, have fun, engage, and allow the parents a little bit of break. You and I are sitting here at this table, round table with with two chairs, and we intentionally put this in the room so that our staff can come in here and have their meetings with that parent or caregiver while the children are playing. So we were so impressed that Peggy Simmons and almost 30 volunteers from PSO came and spent their Saturday here. We've got some before photos and some after, but it's really transformed the space. We have a few more things that we want on our that we on our wish list to finalize the space, but we're excited to be able to welcome our first guests in here. So point us around here and and kind of help the audience who's listening point to some of the things and how they would help the people you serve. Sure. So everything in this space was selected by our staff that work particularly with people with autism. And so there's a purpose for everything. For instance, individuals with autism, they some tend to do better with um, a weighted blanket. That is a just soothing and calming. And so rather than doing a blanket in a space like this that a lot of people are going to be in and out of, the stuffed animals that are in here are weighted. And so they create that sensation of discomfort and calming calmness in here. We also have lots of, we painted the room calming blue. We were under fluorescent lights right now, but we're in the process of finding some other lighting that will dampen that fluorescent lighting that not only creates a buzzing sound that maybe you and I can't hear, but it is something that can stress an individual with autism to also you know we've got our trampoline here and so a lot of kids with autism or any kid need that vestibular input and so they maybe just need a little bit of time to bounce on the trampoline holding on to the rail and and get that energy out in fact peggy simmons i believe she helped put the trampoline together with one of our staff members daughters who was here and then played on it we also have this kind of soft canoe looking thing that's made out of suede. And I keep telling my staff I want to get into it, but I'm afraid if I can fit in it, I definitely wouldn't be able to get out of it off of the floor. Some bean bags. We've got some fun games in here too. And just a lot of different textures that are just stimulating and something that 
individuals with autism might enjoy. So before this room, clients that came here either sat in the small office space with their caregiver or family member while they were meeting, or they sat on in our lobby. This space enables any young child or even high school kids with the games that we have in here to just enjoy a space. A lot of times they're coming from you know, a long day at school or therapies. And so this just provides some peace and a fun time while they're here. We have plans to install a television so that we can play different kinds of videos and learning things as well. So just a fun place to be. So my daughter Madison is actually on the autism spectrum and this room here and the setup, there's several things that would help her. So she's very active and busy and likes to go, go, go. And Matt, you've seen her. All she wants to do is grab your hand and go walk. And So the trampoline would be great for her, not only to get some energy out, but it also provides some input to her muscles. Her other diagnosis is cerebral palsy, and so she has some tightness in her legs. So that would help her. She also loves beanbags. She has, in fact, we have a very large beanbag for her to fit in now since she's quite a bit older. But she loves beanbags. It's just a calming thing. She'd like to sit there in the beanbag, maybe with a book or one of these, you know, fidget toys and just kind of chill out. She'd love to hear music in here. She actually is going to donate one of her toys to this room. It's like a little cylinder kind of a fish lamp that has different lights and bubbles in the fish. It's an autism sensory approved toy. And so she's going to donate that and bring it up here next week to donate to the room. The Ark of Oklahoma, one of its key missions is advocacy. And so I would love for you to just tell our audience how they can get involved in that advocacy. What are some of the issues and just kind of take it from there. So advocacy is at the forefront of our organization. Our organization was founded by parents in Tulsa who at the time had children with developmental disabilities. If you don't know what a developmental disability is, it's a disability that an individual acquires while they are developing. So anything that happens before birth, during birth, after birth, or up until age 21 that impacts their development and also impacts two areas of what they call daily living skills. And so that's what a developmental disability is. Think of Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy. The organization was founded by a group of parents who at the time had children who their diagnosis at the time, and we've updated our language, was mental retardation. And so at that time, that was before the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or IDEA, was passed at the federal level. And so local schools didn't know how to serve children without diagnosis, and they weren't required to by law. And so this group of families came together and decided they would start a school called Sunnyside School that would serve their children and others like them in the community. And they would start advocating for changes to require schools to include their children in the public school setting. So from that beginning, we really started our advocacy efforts, but we also started programs running that operating Sunnyside School. We've kept that format throughout our history and and till today. So we have a big advocacy and public policy initiative, and we also deliver programs for people as well. There's several things that we can advocate for, but in particular, the thing that in Oklahoma has been a concern for many, many years is the Medicaid waiver waiting list. 
individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities can apply to the state to get on a waiting list to receive services that would support them living in their communities or in their homes. And right now, because we have not invested in these programs and taken advantage of the federal match that the state could get, there's a 13-year-long waiting list. So that means that when families get a first diagnosis and they call to see what help is available, our staff have to tell them, you need to get on this list, but right now it's 13 years long waiting. That's the biggest issue that Oklahoma is facing right now. There are a little over 5,000 people on the waiting list right now. Now, DHS is working towards eliminating that waiting list. They have contracted with Liberty of Oklahoma, awarded them an $8.5 million contract to assess the waiting list by contacting everyone who's on that list, assessing their needs, and assigning a dollar amount to that. They recently came out with $21.3 million was what it would take to serve the list. That's not right. It can't be right. If you do the math, that's about $4,000 a year per person, and we know that's not right. But so we've been very actively engaged in trying to not eliminate the list, which is kind of what the language has been out there from the state, but to connect people to services that need it. So that is what we're trying to do right now. So we are building a grassroots advocacy movement. So our goal is in Tulsa and the Tulsa Area United Way service area to identify people who are passionate about this cause, who believe that all people, whether or not they have a disability or not, deserve the same freedoms, the same rights, and the same opportunities. And that's what it boils down to. It's truly what it boils down to. If I had a diagnosis of a a health issue, a mental health issue, a physical health issue, I would not have to get on a waiting list for 13 years. So we're trying to identify family members and individuals that have been impacted by this and also just concerned citizens. You know, folks that were here at PSO that didn't even know about what we did or the people that we serve. And now we have individuals who are, who come to find out have family members who've been impacted and they want to make a difference. So you can go to our website, thearcok.org and sign up for our advocacy alerts. Sign up to be part of our grassroots advocacy movement and to also, if you choose, to donate to support our mission. Beautiful. All right. So we, the United Way has more days of caring coming up. We're going to have a, a food and blood drive in June. And then in the fall, we'll have the massive day of caring, which is one of the greatest days of the year. I want you to tell someone thinking about maybe volunteering for a day of caring, tell them why they should. So it might sound like just a day to go do something outside the office that your, you know, your regular job, it's going to pile up and your email box is going to be full and you're going to have phone calls to return. But volunteering at a day of caring with United Way truly can change your life. Being, having the opportunity to go out to one of the 59 partner agencies and spend time with their staff and the people they serve and see the work that they're doing and see the need for one. 
but then to see all the amazing work that we're doing as partner agencies can really put a smile on your face, put things in perspective for your life, and understand the impact that Tulsa Area United Way has in our communities. Beautiful. All right. So as we come to the end of our podcast, Lisa, it's so lovely to see you and I appreciate everything you do. I love this agency so very much. And I know that you having that family member served by this organization makes that bond and your work so much more powerful. So I want you to close us out with why you live united. Gosh, you know, I feel like if you haven't been served by a United Way agency, You're very fortunate, but I know not only this organization, others in the community that my family or my loved ones have been served by. And why I live united is because it's not about me. I feel like that we're all here for a purpose. And my purpose is to serve others. And I think in doing so and giving of your time and your talent and your treasure gives you joy and makes an impact and changes lives. That's why I live united.